That's pretty sweet. I think he said he had to get his notes or something. Yeah. Ugh, back. Welcome back. Ugh, God. Where'd you go? That was easily the fattest shit I've taken in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, I don't know what happened. I was just sitting here fine, and then my insides are like, you're going to shit right now. Mm. (laughs) And then I had to go. Yeah. It's getting old. I've had that a couple of times in the morning recently where it's just like, oh my god. Like, now. No. Now. Now. <laughs> Luckily, it's been in the morning and I've been at home. Yeah, good thing it happened here. And I'm done. If I was at work, that might have been a problem. I might have had to kick a customer out of the stall. You're like, yeah. get the fuck out, buddy, or I'm shitting on your lap. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so. <laughs> Hopefully you wouldn't get that one guy that's into it. Ugh. Yeah. So here's a here's a fun fact. I've never taken a shit in a public bathroom. What? Wow. Never. What? <laughs> no joke. Never. Way to go, Joe. I, Joe no, I I'm not lying to you. I feel very uncomfortable when it comes to doing that, that in the bathroom. Effort. Joe, so, how old are you? <laughs> Thirty. I'm 30 years old, man. What did you do if you had to take a shit at school? I, I held it in. I held it in until I had to get home. Sometimes I didn't oh make it. God. It got close. It was crowning. Joe, Joe was... you held true to your standards, and I'm proud of you. Yeah, no, I've never, What the ever, fuck? Because it's, it's uncomfortable. It feels, it just feels weird. You've yeah. never been on a... Now, Joe, <laughs> well, I guess hot... <laughs> hotels aren't, hotels aren't public. Yeah, no, I've done the hotel before, just never like in a public, like at a park or a work or just any type of other place. Not like at that. work? No, never at work. The three wow. years I was there, oh. never at work. Never. Yo, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, I've had some close calls. It's been pretty scary, but I've always managed to make it home. And man. Joe. Been, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I thought the super cuts thing was bad, but this might be the whitest thing you've ever <laughs> disclosed. I don't even think. Yeah. I don't know if that's a white thing. That's more like a maybe like a rich person thing, or a, I. A, I just don't feel comfortable with or, it. Or remember, maybe like like it would make sense if Joe was a germaphobe. No, remember remember shit break in American Pie. No. No. No, I do not. You haven't seen American Pie? Well, I've seen American Pie, but that's been like... I don't even remember shit break. Shit break. Uh, Finch, he wouldn't shit at school ever. He would have oh, to yeah. go on break. He would go home. Yeah. And Stifler always called him shit break. Well, there you go. That happened. Yeah. The more that's you know. That's crazy. It's the return of shit break. <laughs> Never once. Never once. Never once. Never. Never. And you know what, Joe? Mm. Never do it ever. I mean, I no. See, I don't understand like how it's never. Not even when you were a little kid, your parents were like, "Go, like, use this bathroom." Well, of course, when like in elementary school or middle school, maybe around there. But I I think, I think what it comes down to is when it was under his own power, he has never shat in the public place. Yeah, Yeah. it's just as a kid. Yeah, as a kid was fine because I, you know, it's just you're small, whatever. How just, long do you think you've gone 
Uh, it had the last time I could ever remember taking a shit in public bathroom was maybe middle school, like early middle school. So, <laughs> yeah, man, it's really? it's been a while. Joe, yeah, Joe, I love you. <laughs> no, man, I do too. I am. It's it just I feel so. It just makes me feel tense and awkward and sweaty. No, it's, no, never again. Uh, okay. Was it bad? Did you have a bad experience <laughs> in one when you were a kid? No, it just it just feels strange knowing that I'm sitting down, squatting down, and there's other people yeah. around me that I don't know. That just it's it just feels unsettling. I don't mind taking a piss next to someone I don't know because, like, yeah, hey, buddy, you know, we're doing this. It's oh, fine. So you have peed in public. Yeah, I have no problem oh, okay. taking a piss. That's fine. I'm mm. not. It's just taking mm. taking a no shit. Poop. Just yeah, pooping just uh, seems more personal. I will say that. Um, let's see. I don't know. A couple of months ago, I did a three man shit. <laughs> it was me and two of my buddies in the stalls next to me. <laughs> and we did the three man shit because we all ate the same thing at the same time, and then we all had to go at the same time. Yeah. It was pretty That's tight. Funny. That's how you do it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys eat for the record? Oh, uh, Mexican food. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh man. And we then go. we went to another place and had more Mexican food. Uh, was it good? Good stuff. Well worth it. Uh, I think the only time where it was just, I just was, I couldn't take it anymore. I was just about to explode. I still managed to to make it to the back to the house, but it was Indian food that almost made me do it, man. That that oh, stuff, <laughs> that stuff runs right through did you. Did you have to drive straight home or what? Oh man, I had to rush. I had to just, it was not, it was scary. It was, it was like right, right. Just you could feel it coming. Just pushing out. Oh God! Yeah. Oh God! Okay. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That's that's enough. Uh, you do talk. Yeah. Uh. That all has to go somewhere. If you guys don't take it, I'm taking it. <laughs> well, originally I wasn't gonna have a pre-show, but like that's just too good. Yeah. Okay. The whole thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> A&W got flat root beer. Um, yeah. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Old Talkie Connection, where I craft some weird story about how me, Mike, and Joe are on some weird journey of self-discovery and anime. Never mind that for a second. A&W got some flat-ass root beer, at least the one across the street from me. It's what you're all about. You're, it's in the name, A&W Root Beer, and this one... Well... After the flat root beer, I went and over to KFC, tried to get something to put in my stomach because I was starving. I ain't cooking. And I got that little tiny chicken sandwich that was actually pretty good, but that weird bowl, that mishmash of mashed potatoes, gravy, chicken, and cheese gave me, like, delayed nausea. That's not okay, right? No, that's definitely not okay. Not to say that all A&Ws and KFCs are messed up, but... Yeah, yeah. Step up your game. Anyway. I believe this is the last recording 
mercifully, in the month of Lupin. Yeah, it did not go so well, and I'm kind of on the fence about being months since 4th, but, um, I don't know. Hopefully I'll get it right next time. Anyway, talking about Fujikamine, it's pretty good, so please enjoy. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're still here, then congratulations, you've made it through my first theme month. I'm not exactly sure if I've made it, but uh, you have. So, um, let's switch things up a bit. Mike, let's start with you. What would you think of a woman called Fuchiko Mine? Mm. Well, it started, it was, it's interesting, it started off kind of like, kind of standard Lupin territory. Like, the first episode, I was kind of like, yeah, that's a lot of titties. And uh, <laughs> someone, some, some people were over, and uh, uh, someone, El Serpiente, made the the comment, which I think we were all thinking was, was if I was 16, I would be jacking off right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it was interesting. It's... So far in the first three episodes, I still don't feel like I've gotten to know Fujiko, but it is her series, and I'm, I feel like probably will. But um, I think my favorite episode so far is definitely the second episode. Mm. Um, I was having a little bit of trouble following it, but that was just because I, I had a headache and there was there were people here. But we were all watching it. Um, but I really liked the way that episode was set up, and it, I feel like I finally got to know Jigen as a character, finally. Um and it was really good. It reminded me of uh, Black Dog Serenade a bit, mm-hmm. which is which is funny considering it's like a snake that eats itself as far as yeah influences go. Um, and then the third episode, I didn't. I thought it was a little strange. Um, it was fine. Like mm-hmm. um, I was kind of confused a little bit as to Fujiko's role but it was kind of cool but I do kind of like the way that they're setting it up kind of like uh, I think diegetic is the word where it's kind of just Fujiko is on these adventures and it's kind of like Mad Max where she doesn't necessarily she's not like the central role but she is involved in these plots Mm -hmm. Uh, but like I said I am I kind of and I'm hoping that the series uh, will flesh her out a little bit more because <laughs> uh, she still kind of feels like just uh, an excuse to show a naked lady. And I almost feel like I'm missing something, like there's some kind of symbology about <laughs> around her just being naked all the time. It's, or maybe it's just they really want to get her naked. Um, there was a, a, in my research, I found a quote from the woman who did the series composition, like the overall writing of the series but not necessarily the writing of the individual episodes and I think uh, they quoted, she was uh, reported saying that the goal for the series was to capture and the quote here was would capture it would capture the sen- the sensuality present in Monkey Punch's original loop in the third manga and its daring interpretation of the franchise. So uh, I 
don't know if it's like just just blatant fan service. There's we, we're gonna get into that a little later. Suffice to say, there's probably good reason to be confused. Yeah. But, uh, go ahead. I just, I like that's another thing where I feel like I'd have to see the whole series to kind of really give an analysis about that. Um, because something about the intro. Like every time I watched it, I was like, "What does this like mean?" Like it kind of doesn't make sense, but they're going for something here. But I, I didn't think about it too hard. But it, it was interesting. But it's just like it's so much nudity that it's, especially in that intro where it's like there there must be some kind of meaning behind all this. Yeah, we're gonna get into that too. But before that, Joe, what's your take on it? Uh, the, the anime really reminded me of, I don't know if either of you guys have seen the show High Maintenance on v- Vimeo. Have you guys, either of you seen that at all? Mm-mm. No. No. So it's basically a show where it's about a weed dealer and he goes around giving weeds out all these different people. And what happens is exactly what Mike was saying, where when he goes to each of the different uh, customers, he's the one who delivers the weed, but it pretty much, it, the, the rest of the show revolves around the individual customer story and he's just kind of there just kind of getting involved every once in a while and that kind of really reminded me uh you know when i was watching this anime of that show and i thought i love that kind of stuff because you get to really know all the characters um that may be kind of associated with things later on or just kind of for that moment that particular story yeah it, it gets really what i love about that kind of setup with anything is that it allows for uh, lots of room to develop whatever's happening in that current story so that the characters really start to feel very deep and interesting. Like the second episode was also my favorite episode. You really got to know his backstory. You really got to know what was going on. And Fujiko, even though she was there for like a slight moment and you didn't get to know too much about her, it just, it felt like that it was just setting up other characters for her to get involved with later on, which was, which was great. I, I like that kind of stuff a lot. Um, and even if it's a one-off story, Usually those kind of uh, stories are get really interesting because they they spend a lot of time to develop the story. So, um, except yeah. the third episode, I, I'm with you on that one. It still didn't seem like Goemon. They explained who exactly he was. It was just kind of there. Yeah, uh, interesting about that episode is it felt very much like. Usually Goemon feels kind of out of place, mm. but. Um, and he kind of feels out of place here, but in a different way, more like in a deliberate way. Where uh, blatant really, fish out of water. Yeah. Where well, also you know he's kind of like he mentions that oh you know samurai don't have a place in Japan anymore. But it's funny because the whole setting they they go out of their way not to show any like current technology or anything like that. It actually kind of feels like it could be like set in the concurrently with like a Japanese like the end of the the Edo period or whatever when the samurai were getting killed off even though you know obviously Fujiko's there but they I just felt like they were making an effort to give Goemon a, a place to to be in yeah. where he could kind of flourish yeah uh, uh, Lionel going back uh, uh, about the whole you guys were talking about all the nudity and everything for me I was kind of a bit shocked on how much, how much nudity there was with her. And the way I was, was kind of reading all that is that 
just from what I've seen so far with all the movies that we've watched with Fujiko and just every time Fujiko has appeared, she just seems very open about her sexuality. She doesn't mind about just kind of stripping naked and really taking advantage that she is an incredibly beautiful woman and, and she can mm-hmm. use that to seduce anyone around her. So It's a tool for her. Pr- exactly. So And since she's a thief and she kind of uses whatever she can at her disposal, her number one tool is that she's incredibly attractive. So mm-hmm. to me... Um, I think she's, that's just her character. She's just a very uh, sexual person. So Yeah, it, it definitely does say something when you kind of consider it to be maybe like weaponized and you may look at it in the same way as Goemon with his sword, Jigen with his gun, and Lupin with just his outright craziness. Hmm. Then maybe I should stop calling the high hypersexualized version of Fujiko Fujiko the whore. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't even see her as being a whore. I just that's just well, her. I wouldn't call this version of Fujiko that partially okay. because she displays a competency in a number of areas here. It's, yeah, she's she's not the one trick pony. Just you know, sleeping and using. Granted, she displays the capacity to do that but she also displays that you know she's a she's a good shot she can operate vehicles pretty well she's very good at working with disguises and playing people working alongside people you know yeah one one thing i really enjoyed about her uh much more over than lupin's character is that uh, I liked that she has a lot of planning with things that she does. She just doesn't come in there just kind of just going crazy with it all and just kind of jumping off or jumping around everywhere and stealing stuff. She really kind of has a plan and she goes in there and she utilizes disguises. She just really she just takes her time with it. And I, I thought that was she great. She seems far more deliberate and a great deal more conventional than Lupin. Um if there's something it, the story being focused on Fujiko makes me really like about this in regards to Lupin is that you can really see what he does for how amazing and outright insane it is. Mm. Yeah. Actually, that's, uh, that's another thing that really struck me was like as much as the first episode was kind of crazy and I felt like I... Um, I know it's kind of hard to follow. There's a lot going on. Um, it was it was fun, but like mm-hmm. uh, for some reason, like I really liked this version of Lupin, and I th- I think just having him as a side character is it's more like I think he fits better as not the center of attention because yeah. he is that one thing. But also, I, they they did they gave a little bit of like not too much hints, but just like the explanation that like why does he do this shit? He's just like I'm bored. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's interesting to hear. And like, why does he? Why does he like? It's like he's too good. Yeah, yeah. Why does he announce that you know he's gonna rob places because I want a challenge? Like he's just bored and he wants a challenge. And he's a free spirit, and then he goes like. So it's funny we were talking about that kind of mm-hmm. uh, before um, in a previous episode about like that kind of Dark Knight style of of character where the Joker works because he's you know he's not the central focus but you get just enough that you're interested and it's kind of I feel like Lupin works better that way in this sense. Yeah, he was he was actually interesting and but it wasn't just like. 
how they were using him. It was kind of how he was. I don't want to. He, the way they were treating him was was more interesting. He was a little more mysterious and like just he was cool in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way he was presented felt way more appropriate. Yeah. Well, I th- Go ahead. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, part of it is the uh, definitively darker nature of this series. Like, this series is clearly geared towards adults, not just in the matter of uh, content, but maybe there's... I want to say there's an element of maturity present here that isn't in Mamo, even though Mamo did also have some adult themes. But uh, it's you're also looking at a green jacket Lupin in this scenario so he's this sort of almost happy-go-lucky free spirit in the face of like murder and drug use and sex and he's just yeah. kind of like hey I'm here to have fun yeah honestly I felt like he was almost kind of a like a green jack but mixed in green jacket mixed win mixed in with some of the red jacket tendencies which I mm. I thought it, he seemed a little more balanced. Yeah. It's hard to put my finger on, but I, I, something about it made me like him more. Yeah, no, it's. I, yeah. I definitely, I really did like how he uh, was pre- presented in the first episode. He just was. He really was not the center of attention, which I kind of really enjoyed. They kind of said, they kind of showed him off as being this crazy thief guy that everyone knows about and stuff, and they just kind of stopped there, uh, and it just yeah. made it. Feel like later on Fujiko's going to encounter him more. That's perfectly fine. We don't. We'll learn about him as things progress. There's no need to focus entirely on him. Uh, I really liked how the show has been uh, setting everything up so far, where we're just getting to know all the characters and and then just kind of going from there. Yeah, it's a and going back to the. I keep talking about the Dark Knight because it's like the, my closest like reference point. But it's that movie. You're it's a good wa- reference point. You're watching. You're watching the Joker, but you're also the the point is kind of you're watching Batman react to the Joker and how it it changes him. Mm-hmm. But I could go down that rabbit hole. But anyway, this one it felt like Lupin was just kind of this thing that was there, and people were reacting to him rather than let's follow Lupin and everyone sort of. It's just secondary to him, and then we're kind of stuck with this crazy guy who doesn't. He only does a couple things. Yeah, I mean, so far, all of the characters that they've talked about that are kind of around Lupin have been. Um, besides Goemon, I want to know. Hopefully, they'll talk maybe a little bit more about what exactly he his background is. But like Jigen, I <laughs> that was probably the best out of all. I mean, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, I liked his story way more than Lupin, but I, I don't know. It's it's I'm really liking the characters a lot more now after getting a better insight into who they are. So this is uh, I I'm kind of bit, a bit more excited to know where it's going to go next, uh, especially yeah. if we're going to learn more about Fujiko herself, like why she is the way that she is. Yeah, well, um, while we're on the topic of Fujiko, let's jump into that opening real quick. Um, my interpretation of that is I like to think that what it is or what they're trying to 
put in front of us is a look inside of her subconscious. Kind of like, uh, th- maybe this is what Mamo saw when he put her in that same machine he put Lupin in earlier. Mm-hmm. And why he was so disappointed with the limited-ass shit Lupin was projecting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, like going on about uh, theft, the hypersexualization of it, the fact that she's kind of like violating herself over the course of it and seems to be simultaneously enjoying it and kind of like hurt by it. Do you have the lyrics? or the uh, Not on hand. Mm-hmm. I just remember a couple of things. Like she describes her addiction to theft as a sexy prison. Yeah, yeah, the sexy prison. Yeah. My addiction to theft is a sexy prison. Wow. I'm not quite sure that uh, makes sense. Mike, I think we found the next uh, album titled A Wolf Fight. What sexy is it? My, uh, my, <laughs> I like the whole thing. My addiction to theft is a sexy prison. <laughs> we might get sued for that one. Yeah. <laughs> we got to be careful with that. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, one thing I, I really did like a lot, I like the art style a lot. It was, was there, uh, any like Lionel, anything behind this particular my, choice of style? My guess, much like the use of the sexuality is meant to like tie it back to not only the original manga, but sort of like older animes. It has this almost uncanny quality to it that makes it look older and new at mm. the same time. Yeah. Which I really enjoy. Yeah, it feels like if if the those old shows like had a giant budget and access to more technology, but with the same, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks really good. It does. It's yeah. very pretty. I, I enjoyed um, it a lot. One of the things that we touched upon um, when we talked about Mamo and Cogliostro was how different the color palettes were, and and how that kind of Changes the whole feel, yeah. and I really love the the color palette in this. It's really, it's very deep and like warm, and it's, it's really cool. I like its use because it almost feels like between these three episodes, completely different. Like it felt like it shifted with the tone. It definitely did. The first the one was. These. The first one was like almost psychedelic and like yeah. super warm colors, and the second was all it was a lot of black. It was definitely had a noir feel to it, and the last one had this a lot of white. Of, it was very bright. Yeah, it was very bright. It felt like it felt like the. I'm not sure where they were, but it felt like you know, uh, like Deutschland or somewhere Germany mm-hmm. or something. When was this uh, this particular anime released? Uh, I believe 2012. Okay. Uh, 2012. I thought it was a lot longer ago. Hmm. Um, um, let me double check. That may have just been when the DVDs were released. It may have been... It's a little hard to tell. Maybe closer to 2011. Because I remember when it came out. No, 2012. Out. Hmm. Probably early it, ass 2012. Yeah, I remember when it came out. And I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, fuck, I have to watch this. And then they put the first episode up online, and I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I never followed through with watching the whole thing. Mm. So, oh, yeah, I found it as it came mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So uh, out of those three, Lionel, which one did you did you like? 
Um, I like elements of that third episode a lot, but mm. it's kind of conflicting. At the end of the day, two is also my favorite. Like, I think that's just the most well-made episode of the yeah. three, and I like that kind of story. Mm. Yeah, uh, I like Jacob as a character a lot too. Yeah, I really felt like that was like, well, like fuck. And I think he said they did a series off Jigen, but like you could definitely do not a series. A, not a series. They did. It's actually going to be one of my recommendations. They did a. I'm not sure if it's connected to this or if they just utilize the same art style. Uh, it's uh, called Jigen Daisuke's Gravestone. Mm. And I'm pretty sure you can find it subbed and dubbed on uh, Hulu. Is it a show? It's, uh, it's, I think it's an OVA. It's a two part OVA. Mm. I think they Sounds might be cool. 45 minutes a piece, or they may be half an hour a piece. I can't remember. It, it, was, it, it, it was amazing. Does it go back or or forward, or is it just... Um, I like to say, I'm not sure if it's connected to Fujiko Mine, but if it is, then it takes place afterward. Mm-hmm. Though, I don't imagine there's any spoilers. So I think you could watch it by itself. Mm. So, But it's before he met Lupin. No, 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 no. Him and Lupin are already traveling together. Okay, but is it just but him I, and Lupin? I don't Lupin? know. I, I think they may indicate they haven't been together for too long. Okay. Uh, Fuchiko has a small role in it. Mm. Hmm. So, which you said that you there were certain certain parts of the the third episode you liked. I'm just curious which which yeah, aspects uh, of that show did you like? Some of this may be due to the fact that I have a bit more experience with Goemon as a character. And there are some elements of his character present in there that I appreciate. Um, it, it's just seeing him interact with certain elements. Uh, the fact that he gets really weird and oddly chivalrous around women and children. I kind of appreciate that archetype. Uh, some of the crazy feats he's doing with the sword. And, um, I like seeing that kinder aspect of Fujiko's personality also. Mm. So she was the the teacher the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of I kind of got that impression. I I almost kind of wish that they had told me from the beginning, but I thought it was a cool reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he cuts her ass naked, and then he's he like, cuts I'm gonna, everyone naked. I'm gonna make you my girlfriend," and then she leaves. That what? <laughs> um. Yeah. One thing I don't think it even comes across in the sub because I watched both, but. By girlfriend, I don't know if he means girlfriend or a female friend. Because this guy's fucking weird around women. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a. Yeah, I got that impression big time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the sub, or for some reason, the dub wasn't. It was only the first two episodes. Yeah, so on who? Yeah, yeah, so I watched the, the, the first two episodes dubbed, and I really liked the dub, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one was only subbed, which was actually kind of like nice because you know it's like it's a samurai, and mm-hmm. I've always thought Goemon sounded weird in English. Yeah, yeah. like I think it, as as weird as the Lupin franchise is, it would probably make sense to do it Tekken style and have everybody speak different languages, or at the very least, Goemon always speaks Japanese. Yeah. That would be kind of funny. That'd be cool, actually. Yeah. I'd like that. 
Mm. Uh, I only watched it on Hulu all subbed for th- all three episodes. You said you watched the the first two and it, it dubbed. How was the the dub? Were all the voices really good or? Did... Yeah, I think they brought back a lot of the old cast from the uh, Red Jacket airing out here. I'm mm. not sure if it's all of them. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I might want to. Mm. So you say it's worth listening, watching in dub form, or? Yeah, yeah, you can watch it either way, and it's good. Cool. Mm. Goemon. Yeah, he uh, he is very socially awkward. That's what I kept, <laughs> the impression I kept getting every time he Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's the it, perpetual fish out of water. It's weird, because I never got that from the other stuff that we watched. It could be because they never really gave him a lot of screen time. Yeah. Well, it's it's a complaint among it's a com- that's actually a complaint amongst the fan base is that far too often all he does is show up, you know, chop something up, says say I cut another worthless object, and then just bamf, yeah, yeah. off into nowhere. Um, God, I'm getting to my recommendations way too early, but uh, there's one of my favorite TV specials it's called uh, Sweet Lost Night. And that's uh, it centers around an amnesia plot with Lupin, but Goemon has uh, plays a pretty big role in it as well, and it's probably some of the most hilarious moments of Goemon on screen ever. Hmm. Okay, uh, I was just gonna say with Goemon, another thing that I noticed with him is outside of being socially awkward, he just uh, he came off, he kept giving off the impression that he was trying to be more serious than he probably like he's just uh, i think the part that i thought was funny was when the the ice cream probably needed to be yeah yeah the when the ice cream got yeah. on his um his clothes and then he uh he took the ice cream and got on his nose and he he still felt like he was trying to act serious after that well um, i think the the idea is that yeah. he's pulled from another world like he's hardcore like samurai but he's for some reason in contemporary times. Yeah, and that's what I'm still so lost on. How did that although, happen? <laughs> although, speaking of that, yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting. So far in this series, it doesn't seem like they've given a clear like uh, setting as far as time mm. goes. Like it, it seems like it could be... Not yet. Uh, it's a little timeless so far. Yeah. Like there's no computers well, or uh, some, cities. Some stuff occurs. It will stuff occurs later on to uh, do a bit more to date this series in an approximate uh, point in time than others have. Because mm, it definitely seems like because they're uh, each of these different episodes were taking place all over the world. It was it seemed so. Mm. Maybe because all the, they were kind of, yeah, I don't know the time. Yeah, yeah. like uh, I'm not sure. They say it's some man-made island in the first episode, but the second episode seems like it's either Vegas or Atlantic City. Yeah, and yeah, the third episode seems to be somewhere in Europe, likely some area in Germany. Mm. Yeah, how come they subbed the word "friend" so weird? Is it not supposed to be the word "friend" or? Um, no, there's, I think it's a different word that looks like, or seems like friend. It may actually be another language's version of the word friend. I'm not yeah, sure. Samurai friend. 
Yeah. I was wondering about that word. Thanks for bringing that up. Was, is they kept saying it. Really yeah. Well, weird I mean, way. they actually say in both the sub. Well, they both say in both the sub and dub. Oh, Freund. It sounds kind of yeah. like friend, right? Yeah. I was wondering um, what is what in, what is that word? Is it friend or some like you, like you were saying like some, some other word in their own language or? I didn't even look it up. Samurai. I just sort of assumed it was friend in another language. Hmm. Mm. Well, they were in the the third episode. Where were they? They were which part of in Europe? I don't remember which part exactly, but some area in Europe. I think it's Germany. Yeah, so maybe that's why. Even though they were still speaking Japanese, but uh, yeah, maybe that's what that was. That was the assumption. Yeah, I, I worked on when I first saw it. That's the thing I always love about anime, especially uh, in the yeah. in the episode. Uh, it was an episode um, in one of the Digimon movies at the very end, where like all the kids from all around the world, all different nationalities, were becoming Digidestin, and for some reason, no matter what the nationality was, they were all speaking Japanese. So <laughs> I always find that hilarious. I'm trying to remember early on, I mentioned we were going to talk about touch on something. We already touched on the opening. I can't remember what the other thing was. Mm, the music, maybe? Uh, we can talk about the music. The music was pretty good. Um, the closing song, I really like. The visuals, not so much. Mm. You know, I just watched it, and I have like a really good like surround stereo setup. And I don't really remember any of the music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not very memorable. Yeah, which it, but you know, I was kind of like stoked to see in the opening credits. It was like, oh, Shinichiro Watanabe was like a sound advisor producer. or some shit. Yeah. He's credited yeah. as a sound producer. Yeah, but like, I not that the music was bad. I just don't remember it, even though I just watched it. Mm-hmm. Although that may be, be may have been because it just the sh- the show moves so fast that I'm focused on reading the dialogue and trying to understand what's happening. But I could be. Really trying, I wasn't really paying attention to the music. Mm-hmm. That could be it too, probably. So um, I guess one. Oh yeah, now I remember. Um... It's it's a pretty big topic uh, talking point, especially since music kind of came and went so fast. Um, the sheer amount of fan service going on in here, if you can really even call it fan service, is a bit puzzling because not only is the person who did the series composition a woman, the person who directed this series is also a woman. And come to find out, she's the first woman to direct an installment in the Lupin franchise. Um, she also directed a series called Michiko and Hachin, which was uh, produced by Watanabe. Um, not sure what I'm trying to ask with this, other than based on the first three episodes, what do you guys think the deal is with all the boobs? Man, I don't fucking know. Like, it just felt like titties for titties' sake, but it also feels like. They're really trying to emphasize that, like, she's a... Fucking liberated? Yeah, Yeah. she's a sexy lady, and she knows what she wants and knows how to get it. And, like, it's like they're beating us over the head with it. 
but it's like especially in that first episode <laughs> and especially in the intro but like the intro especially like I, I mentioned this already like it just feels like super symbolic and it I, I don't know and it's like I it just feels like there was no reason for Goemon to cut off all of her clothes <laughs> well it's like he's cut off everyone else's clothes it's kind of his MO he like I didn't I didn't notice makes that. like four or five different guards naked Oh yeah, butt ass naked. Mm. Well, not butt ass huh. naked. He left. The, Is it because he doesn't want to kill? Yeah, he's trying. I think he's actively trying not to kill. Mm. Mm. Interesting. But why would he cut off her clothes? Other than he is horny, I guess. No, like I said, that he does that to everybody. Um, also, I don't think he expected her to be naked underneath. <laughs> No, because if you think about what the other guards, they had boxers on or whatever. That it's the fact that Fujiko yeah, had nothing and she underneath. She had the king's championship belt. Yeah, yeah that was that yeah, was. Yeah, but basically... she wasn't. Were the guards trying to kill him? I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, they were attacking at the time. Yeah, yeah but Fujiko wasn't trying to attack him. No, but uh, I don't remember. I think maybe he was trying to stop her from stealing yeah. something. Yeah. I don't think he knew it was yeah. Fujiko. Also. Yeah. No, that's that's. Oh, his... maybe that maybe that was it. To see who was underneath, but still, <laughs> all you had to do is cut off the wig. But aside <laughs> from that, back to your main point. It's like uh, I don't know. Is it just fan service? Like, yeah, maybe. Like, but like, you kind of wonder, like... like, with like two women in the most like important creative positions in regards to this, like. What's going yeah, on? Is but, this deliberate? Yeah, is it? Do they want to do that, or were they told to do that, or I don't know? Are they just trying to stay true to the character, or I don't know? It's I don't know. You can't put any. You'd have to hear what they would say. Right? Mm-hmm. Them just being women doesn't tell me anything. Although it's kind of interesting, but. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I kind of, I kind of, I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a bad assumption on my part, but I kind of assume it all seems a bit too deliberate in the sense that you bring on a woman to direct a Lupin installment for the first time, and it's the first instance of someone besides Lupin being the main character, that character being Fujiko, and then you have a woman to like write the thing overall. Like, you think it would honestly just be like like a shameless advertising to do all that mm. or, mm. It, it, or is my faith not misplaced here uh, uh maybe like i said I, I don't know how things work in japan but like you know other people could get involved producers but it does seem like you're right like if there's if it's a team especially a writer director um but yeah, well, then the question becomes why? Still, that's what we're trying to figure out. Why all the new? Yeah. yeah. And I think we might have, it just might just be simple. Like, this is, they're trying to uh, take this character and kind of celebrate, you know, what there is to be celebrated. And that's that it's a woman who's just in control of herself and doesn't care what anyone thinks and uses it to her advantage, which you know, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but 
that's what she does. And it's kind of, I don't know, I guess the purest form of Fujiko. But like the other thing that we're missing, especially me and Joe, is that we haven't seen the rest of the series. So we don't know where the, where it goes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is, she, is there that. other titties in it? Are there titties in every episode? Um, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Mm. Mm. But yeah, that makes me curious because I mean, it being her show, like, and we got such good. Uh, we dived into Jigen so well. Like, I'm assuming there has to be some really good episodes where they get into Fujiko's character. Mm. Maybe there were just so mm-hmm. many breasts being shown everywhere in the first episode simply because they just were letting people know this is who I am. And then, as Lionel was saying in the future episodes, there's not as much nudity because they got all that out of the way. You now know what she's all about. And in future episodes, if she's using that to her advantage, you're not kind of freaking out and say, oh, why is she doing it this way? Because in the first episode, like, yeah. oh, okay, this is what she's about. I mean, it could be like a subversive tactic. You know, you get all the fanboys on board with the titties in the early episodes, and then by the end, you've really rounded out this character. Yeah. But like I said, I haven't seen the rest, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but But it's um, really good. I hope you watch more. Yeah, it's just. But man, there was a lot of. Mm -hmm. It's it's not for this episode. I mean, it just wasn't Fujiko. I mean, they were all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I was. And with Fujiko, I was like, okay, yeah. is, I've seen this before. This is her thing. But then I was like, okay, well, she's doing it. Oh, oh, there's some more. Oh, what do you know? Even some more titties. Okay. I don't know what they're going with here. It's but... like, whoa, the old guy's got, got a harem here. Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. oh, just yeah, naked chicks right. all over the place. Just pouring out. With his magical dandruff. His fucking... Getting rich people high. The yeah. cone head. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That guy, that guy. I am certain. I am certain that that design was used in another in an episode of the Red Jacket series. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, you, you mentioned something about Fujiko using what she has to get what she wants, and that brings me to a disturbing discovery I made <laughs> between episodes one and two. Fujiko's a date rapist. Yeah. That oh, guard, yeah. The guard. Wait, was that? So, wait. I, I missed something. Because it moved so fast, I probably missed it. What happened? Oh, remember with the, the pill? She slipped it into his mouth when she was, like, kissing him? Uh-huh. And then he was kind of all tipsy and kind of out of it and then she was in the dragging him kind of in the back a little bit uh, yeah so from that point of view i guess you could see she's drugging people and then doing she, what she likes with them wait did she do it yeah what that? happened to jigen yeah that happened to him too oh yeah the G- was that fujiko that one was grimy was that fujiko, that was fujiko. though Right. So yeah, that was the thing with that episode. Another thing that I, I was like, I can't tell who's who here. And then it took me like halfway through the episode. I was I'm, I've been tired today too, and I had a headache, so that might be why. But I was having a hard time figuring out. Like halfway through was when I realized, oh, they're going backwards, and this is a nonlinear story that they're telling. Yeah. I was like, okay, it makes sense. And then I had to kind of repiece the whole thing in my head as I was watching it. But yeah, that was like, 
Yeah, it was weird to see Jigen like that. It was kind of funny. Yeah, that was a. Uh, I also <laughs> appreciated him shooting her down those first couple of times. Yeah, it, it was, was oddly it, hilarious it, to see her seduction attempts fail. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. She did not expect that. No man has ever denied her. Ever. Yeah. Well, that's because Jigen's smart. He's afraid of women. Mm. Uh, I didn't and get. I, I didn't get that impression. He just seemed like he was always. That makes you smart. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of. He just seemed very. Well, he says it outright. Yeah, he does. Uh, <laughs> wait, he does. When is? Uh oh, you're right. Yeah, when he was talking to her. I thought he said he that, didn't like one. Yeah, I thought he said he didn't like women. I don't think he was. Yeah, he said he didn't like them. Not that he was scared. Okay, he, of them. he said. Uh, he said afraid. Okay, afraid. Uh, I think they were two separate instances. Okay. At I'm pretty point, sure he, he says it like, in the sub and the dub. Yeah. Well, I mean, like he's at one point he's like, I don't like women, and then he says he's afraid later. Yeah, he just seemed very focused on his job. I never got the impression that. I mean, I know, I know he said it, but I still didn't feel like he was scared of them or anything. He just felt like he didn't really need to deal with them. Well, it's yeah. a it's a, a minor reoccurring, it's a minor reoccurring thing with his character where it's not. It's uh, a distrust. Yeah, that's yeah. That sounds yeah, yeah. That seems more appropriate from what I was seeing. Mm. See, hmm. <laughs> for good that's reason. The, that, that's the other thing that was kind and of it can, difficult it can for, for me to read. Was was like is that was that explained because did he have trust issues with women because of things that happened with the in the past that they were showing. Or was that from something that happened before this episode? I, from watching that episode, it really... Well, I'm pretty sure the events of this episode didn't help. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they really yeah. explained at all why exactly he didn't trust women. Mm-hmm. It just this kind of added to it. But yeah, I was kind of... So he... Hmm. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch it again. Yeah, there's kind of a there's a bit of a hole there. Because <laughs> the the nonlinear storytelling was kind of. I wouldn't say there's a hole in. there. It's just not. Ex- oh, you're right. Not 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 so much not a hole. Just maybe not explained. They didn't really yeah, dive that ex- far into it. Not explained yet. Because I'm trying to like reconcile like what happened in the past. Like so all that stuff. Like him being the the dude's bodyguard, and then the girl. Like accidentally killing him and him running off—that was kind of a reveal near the end. But that actually mm-hmm. happened like before, like the present day events of the episode with like Fuko yeah. being hired and well, stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The idea—the idea there is—it's um, it, meant to be a mystery why this woman is hiring Fujiko to take Jigen's gun. Yeah, I like that. It actually, it's, it's like it, it kind of gives you the impression maybe. Excuse me. It is what that uh, sleazy guard was telling Fujiko. He killed their boss and then ran off. And yeah, they kind of okay. lead you down a path. And maybe he's going to fall for her when, in fact, she falls for him. And then he takes the fall for her when she accidentally shoots her husband. Yeah, I really like that that type of uh, that type of narrative that they utilized here. It kind of it remind me of whenever I think of. Uh, stuff that does that well, I think of uh, this movie called Blue Valentine, which was uh, 
it's very depressing, but uh, it has a similar kind of buildup to a flashback reveal that kind of recontextualizes the, the whole story. Mm. Yeah, I like that Jigen was carrying around that gun all the time because it, what he's, he had one line in the sub where he was saying it basically represented his past. Uh, that's why he, I guess, kept on holding it with everything. So that was kind of cool. I like that. It was. I really liked his story a lot. There was a lot. Yeah, that Magnum is synonymous with the character. Mm. Yeah, it's. <laughs> it was a little bit hard to follow yeah. too. It they, they really seemed to like <laughs> this whole non-linear storytelling thing, where it's just all over the place, and yeah. you kind of <laughs> piece it back yeah. together. I liked it a lot. But like I said, I was kind of tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. out of all the Lupin stuff that we've watched so, so far. I definitely like this series the most. Yeah, so um, I've kind of covered some of the recommendations here. Like, uh, like I said, Jigen Daisuke's Gravestone. If you enjoyed episode two as much as we did. Um, uh, Sweet Lost Night, if you want to get a bit more insight into Goemon's character. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I can recommend based on that. Uh, Black Dog Serenade, if you liked that oh, episode of... Uh, yeah, there's uh, Black Dog Serenade and, of course, just Cowboy Bebop in general. Yeah, Black Dog Serenade is an, epi- an episode of Cowboy Bebop. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I have to uh, mention. Um, you guys want to do me a favor and plug your shows? Because uh, the post show for the last episode I edited was so long I ran out of music. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to listen to that. Jesus. That sounds funny. But... uh. I, I don't know. Should we get some final thoughts on Lupin first? This oh, the, sure. The end yeah. of the month. Well, no, no, no. Plug your shows first, and then we'll do the final thoughts. Okay. Because I got something. Hmm. Uh, so my show is Hyper 90 Zeitgeist Breakdown. And when you're hearing this, it'll be ooh, the end of February. So we yep. should have an episode about Goldeneye up around this time last Thursday of the month uh, on Twitter hyper 90s 90s is spelled out uh, that's about it follow or like us on Facebook etc you can follow us on Twitter at hey listen radio and the website of course subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes and Android etc yep uh, my show is NAGP resurrection it's we talk all about video games the the news of the week we discuss a particular topic and give some game recommendations lots of other interesting things about games don't forget the final thoughts yes I knew <laughs> and we give our final <laughs> thoughts the most exciting yeah, part of the show big fucking deal yeah hey I like doing the final thoughts <laughs> yeah I too uh, yeah, so you can follow follow the show on Twitter at NAGP Returns. And uh, yeah, you can get more crazy things that I post on there about games and gaming culture. And yeah, okay. you can get the show on HeyListenRadio.com. And yep. And you can just talk with us directly, be it you know on our uh, respective Twitters. Or Joe, do we have comments on Hey Listen? 
radio. We do. We have comments on everything. The SoundCloud, the website. Yeah. Yes. Drop we us have, some comments. Talk to have, us. We love you. Yeah. We yeah. have exactly zero comments at this point. <laughs> See the first and the second yeah. and the fourth. Oh, yeah. I always hear other people talk about this on their shows. Rate us on iTunes. Yes. That actually does help quite a lot if you do rate us on iTunes. Mm, it helps yeah. push us up. Yeah. What about you, Jumper Cables? What's your Twitter handle? Oh, uh, uh, Jumper Cables at Old Taku Connect because either I did it wrong or there weren't enough characters for connection. No, there's just not enough characters. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to go with Hyper 90s. That's why I had to go with NAGP. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, there like you go. If we uh, use yeah. if we use the actual name, yeah. there would there would not be. I think that was a. Well, that was my fault. <laughs> I pushed for all these really long descriptive names. Name's so great, though. Yeah. If you say the full name, yeah. we'll send you a prize. Like a tribe yeah. called Quest. Just say the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a great name. Uh, uh, final thoughts, gentlemen, both on this series and Lupin as a whole. Mm. Oh, man. it's a lot to take in there. Uh, Fujiko Good uh, What's his name? Oh my god, I'm thinking Jolly Rancher for some reason Crap, what's, what's his name? The Jigen Jigen The fuck I get Jolly Ranchered from? Uh, Jigen uh, Even better Lupin, okay uh, Movies were alright So far, I've loved this series Out of everything that we've seen so far So it's definitely been great to see Fujiko do her thing. And so many titties. Just god damn. Yep, nipples ahoy. Yeah, but so far I like. I mean, this is when we started this whole Lupin thing. I had never seen any Lupin before, and I'm glad that I got a chance to watch all of it because it definitely seems like an anime that any person who is into anime should probably at least see at least one movie or episode. Um, so yeah, Lupin, that's a thing. Uh, and, and Mike? Ah! Lupin! <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, I, going back to before, I... Like, what... I had always known, like, Lupin was a thing. Like, I had seen a few episodes when I was in high school. Um, back before I, I didn't... I wasn't too critical of things so I, I don't even know like the, the sh- we didn't watch the show at all so um, but I remember liking it back then and I know you were like really into it but I had never like delved deep so I was excited at first to get into these and then I was and then my expectations were kind of brought down to like oh this is what Lupin actually is and it was kind of it wasn't bad it just didn't blow me away um but yeah I, I really liked Fujiko and I and I do feel like even though I didn't like some of that other stuff as much um I I feel like we've still only like kind of scratched the surface as far as Lupin goes and like I think there's probably still some like really good stuff out there and probably some stuff I don't like but um yeah it was it was a it was a this is a good experience. Interesting. Really interesting. All right. Uh, sorry. 
So I, I don't know if you're listening, Kat, but I, I, she told me that we use the word interesting a lot. Uh hmm. Yeah, but, uh, let's work on that. Well, I, I don't think it's a problem now. I think it was like early. It was an early episode from mm-hmm. maybe my show. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was. I think it was like one of the first episodes we did of like your show, maybe. Oh, uh, Eden or of the so- East. Well, that wasn't the first episode. I think it was more like writing bean or that was the uh, first chronologically. Yeah. What was the second chronologically? Uh, Gungrave. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't Gungrave then. <laughs> then it would have to be either Eden of Peace or Food Wars. I don't. I don't think it's the problem now, but like it, it might have been an episode of my show, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm conscious of that now. Maybe it was hackers. No, it wasn't hackers. I, we, she said that before that was even up. I just put that up the other day. Mm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, loop on. Uh, yeah. So, dear listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. Because as far as this podcast goes, I have no intention of coming back to Lupin again. Suck it! You can't see me, but I'm because I'm flipping the bird. Well, you can't see me, but I'm flipping the bird. Uh, that's too bad because I'd like to watch more Fujiko. That's all. Well, yeah, you'd like more Fujiko. Well, you're gonna have to do it on your own time, buddy. And that Jigen stuff, I probably won't. <laughs> Good old Jigen. Not that I don't want to, it's just that I, I don't have time these days if it's not related to the show. Mm. Mm. Uh, but in all seriousness, should we have some listeners that request it, I might come... Wait a minute, no I won't. <laughs> yeah, sorry people. Yeah, <clears throat> sorry folks. just don't have it in me anymore to... Well, ugh. There's another gun grave. There's another gun grave. Like, what do you say when you set out to do something and the exact opposite occurs? Thanks to my actions. Mine. Somebody doesn't like Lupin anymore. Someone who would have normally believed they liked it until I did the thing. And the thing I was trying to do was make them like it more. Oh, God. What is this? What is my life? What is this podcast? Anyway. Special thanks, as always, to the creator of the opening theme, Synthetic Highway. If you enjoyed the song and want to hear more like it, check out the artist at submorphine at soundcloud.com. Which is to say, soundcloud.com slash submorphine, S-U-B hyphen M-O-R-P-H-I-N-E. <coughs> Man, I'm having a weird night. Special thanks also to the creator of the promo theme, Anime Raku. It's got two exclamation points. If you'd like to hear more like it, or just want to check out the artist, head on over to facebook.com slash squareion, S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. And uh, check out the Splash series, Project Stick, at facebook.com slash Project Stick. If you enjoyed this show and want to catch up on it or stay up to date, follow the network on Twitter at Twitter, on Twitter, at Payless Radio. 
check us out on SoundCloud, on Facebook, as Hey Listen Radio, or subscribe on iTunes and Android. If you want to talk to us directly, uh, say hi to me at at OldTacoNext. How about Buck Pangelina at Hyper90s? Spelled out. And give uh, our fearless leader Joe a hug. If uh, I've anticipated things correctly, he probably needs one right now. At NAGP Returns. And yeah, uh, I guess that's it. Hopefully, I'll be a bit less high strung in these following episodes. Have a good night, people, folks, things that listen to podcasts at night. Yeah, and how they were were really going into detail about the different programming languages they were using and how he unplugged the server and all that kind of stuff. So how they actually went into detail into the type of applications Um, that they were making. Might say something in this preview? They were making um, educational software for American Uh, companies. Uh, and then they started going to Golden Boy. Detail Golden Boy's next. Golden Boy. Shut up, Joe.